Hello, I'm Connor Sweetman, and welcome to InsureTech Radio, the podcast about insurance innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship. This week, I'm delighted to speak to Vincent and James from Energetic Insurance. Energetic have created a first-of-its-kind credit insurance policy, which covers payment default risk on commercial solar energy projects. Now, if that sounds like a mouthful, don't worry, because it will all be explained in the interview. What really impressed me about Energetic is how the business was born out of an unsolved problem in the solar energy sector. As they went to figure out this problem, they realized that insurance just happened to be the most appropriate solution. In our conversation, we talk about how Energetic are creating real value for their customers by solving this problem. And we talk about the challenges of getting capacity for a brand new underwriting concept. Please enjoy. Vinny, Jim, you're very welcome to InsureTech Radio. How are you? Doing well, Connor. How are you? Fantastic. So Energetic Insurance, I really am very interested about uh, this business, guys, because it's something very new, very exciting. Uh, Jim, can we start with off with you? You're the CEO and co-founder. Can you maybe tell me the story about how you founded the company? Sure. So actually, it goes back to 2016, which seems like a long time ago, uh, but it's gone very fast. Um, my co-founder, Jeff McCauley, and I had been friends uh, in the energy industry for many years, and uh, we were um, having beers and com- uh, kind of complaining collectively as about a common issue in the energy industry um, around uh, credit worthiness of uh, the the businesses that buy solar energy or wind energy on long-term financing contracts. And this has been a problem that's been persistent in the industry because most of the uh, solar and wind deals uh, in in the U.S. and in in other countries are financed on 10 or 20-year loan and lease agreements. But in order for a bank to get comfortable with the credit risk, um, you know, they typically want to see a Moody's or a Standard & Poor's rated business or a high FICO score uh, residential home that is, uh, that is buying this solar electricity. Um, but over 90% of the businesses in the U.S., and we decide we're actually focused on the businesses because everyone has a FICO score in the U.S. Um, so in residential, there's, this isn't such a problem. But in the commercial sector, what's a FICO score? Sorry. For oh yeah, for our, uh, FICO score, European yeah, colleagues true, for the international. Yeah. So yeah. a FICO score is a um, uh, it's there's a kind of an independent credit bureau that collects data, payment data on for all pretty much every citizen in the U.S. who has a social security number from your credit cards and loans and mortgages, and they calculate a score of your likeliness to to pay on a on a new extension of credit. Um, so those are widely used in the U.S., and I think each country has you know different systems for that. Um, and so the issue that we were faced with is in the businesses, most businesses don't have a Moody's credit rating. Um, they might have some other credit ratings, but they're not um, robust enough to be used for a 10 or 20-year financing. Um, so Jeff and I were concerned about this issue because we wanted to do more solar. We were working at a energy project development companies, and... Um, uh, there's a lot of good businesses out there that that would pay their electricity bill. They just don't have a Moody's rating. And we quickly found that in insurance, in, in other industries besides solar, um, there's a product called trade credit insurance, which covers this default risk on the long-term financing uh, contracts. So we set forth on a process that took about two years. Actually, one of the first insurers we met 
was SCORE uh, out of uh, their UK office. Um, and Will Thorne at SCORE, we met him at ITC, the very first ITC in 2016, InsureTech Connect conference in Las Vegas. And uh, ever since then, we kept in touch and, and, and uh, eventually get into a process where SCORE gave us delegated underwriting authority as a managing general underwriter to actually issue 10-year credit insurance policies for the solar industry. And Vinny, you, you come from a traditional in, insurance underwriting background. Is that right? How did you get involved with the lads? Yeah, so I wish I could say that was true. <laughs> um, uh, my, my background is, you know, fresh out of university, I was, I was not sure totally what I wanted to do. And so I stumbled into this, you know, really awesome opportunity by, by Hanover Re, uh, where they gave us the opportunity to be creative, be innovative and go and build something new. And this is back in, you know, 2016 when InsureTech wasn't even a word, um, or at least it wasn't a word that, that was as conversational as it is today. Um, and so myself and, and four others um, in the U.S., you know, had this opportunity where, you know, I think one of the five of us had insurance background, not not I, um, and then really got to do a deep dive. We went over to Hanover Rees, you know, home base in Germany and, and learned a few weeks of really crash course into insurance and reinsurance. So really got a great foundation from there. And, and, and from that experience, you know, worked on some interesting concepts and so forth, but it just really, you know, um, uh, really made me want to pursue and continue in this space and in and, and the challenges that exist and seeing how fragmented and, you know, how many opportunities lie within this space. And um, after, you know, uh, finishing up my my time with, with Hanover Re, I was, you know, finishing school and thinking about, okay, what do I want to do next? I know I really enjoy this opportunity, risk management, insurance, and and uh, found Jim and Jeff, and, and they were working on some really interesting things and um, got to be, you know, I think their, their second intern, if, if I remember correctly, and, and f- later on first employee. But um, it was a, a really, you know, different, different experience where, you know, we, we, you need to push the envelope and do new things, especially when it's underwriting, but you need to make it feel similar. So these large institutions really, you know, don't feel like they're with some crazy, you know, engineer and a lawyer coming out of the bar, you know, after too many drinks. So it was, it was a, uh, it was a really, really uh, interesting problem that we solved. And, and for me, you know, just, just really honing in on, on what we're doing here is, is really exciting. So then you, you mentioned coverage. So let's actually, let's dig into the coverage and the product itself. Um, I don't know who wants to take this, but can you maybe just describe uh, what is covered and what your product is all about? Sure, I can take that briefly. Um, so, yes, so the coverage of the policy is um, essentially, this is a thir- three-party, what's called three-party project finance uh, structures is what's used in solar. So the three parties, there's a business owner that buys the electricity. Um, they, in solar, we call them the off-taker. They off-take the electricity. The second party is a solar project developer, similar to how commercial real estate works, where you have a project development company, they uh, obtain obtain funds to construct the solar asset, they own the solar asset, and they sell the electricity to the business owner. So the business doesn't usually own the solar in this structure. It's a third-party project development company, like people have heard of maybe SolarCity or Tesla as a famous one. Um, so Tesla would, would be the owner. 
and then and they're actually the insured on the policy so what what tesla's concerned about is they had to go obtain financing from different investors and they need to make sure that that those investors will be repaid from the business owners payments so our policy covers um the project developer the owner and the trigger for the policy is the off takers payment default so if the off taker doesn't pay will pay the project owner, and then that project owner can make sure that their financing parties are made whole. Okay. Can I play that back to you just to make sure I understand it? Yes. Cool. So say, like, just very simply, imagine there's solar panels on my roof in my house here. So I'm the off-taker in that, in that scenario? Yes. Okay, cool. And then whoever... It was probably the building... Uh, uh, sorry, the, the building contractor or the developer here, th- th- they're the business who are insured... Because they'll have to get, say, finance from somewhere and they need to repay that back. They repay that back with the money that the off-taker is paying them. So if the off-taker doesn't pay, they can't pay their debts. Is that right? Correct. You can think of it just cool. like tenants in a commercial building. If the tenants don't pay their rent, then the building owner can't pay their mortgage. Oh, that's <laughs> that's a way better analogy. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. We if, if we were doing this in commercial real estate, we would cover the non-payment of the tenants. Okay, cool. Uh, so, w- what are some of the the challenges then that you had to go through? I suppose even just to get capacity for that. Yeah, um, and and Vinny can add on to this. Um, I would say the biggest one I mentioned a little bit earlier was the loss available loss history. So you know that in insurance, uh, they want dozens of years of of loss history. Solar just doesn't have. I mean, if an asset lasts twenty or thirty years and the industry is only ten or 15 years old, you're not going to have a lot of loss history. Um, so that was the biggest challenge up, for, for up front. And when we were pitching to insurers, that was probably the biggest initial concern. Uh, we were able to get around that by um, kind of using some different proxy data sets that were indicative of what we could expect the loss history to be on solar. Um, and then uh, the other uh, challenges, I think also another big challenge was just and you probably address this, you know, with other uh, guests is the difference of a venture backed at the time we started, we weren't venture backed, but we eventually became um, a venture backed startup that needs to move fast, be imperfect and, 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 but, but diligent and responsible and really push, push barriers. If we weren't doing something new, there would be no reason to have a, a venture back startup. So it's new cutting, cutting across categories and, and doing new things. On the other hand, we needed to find an insurer that was highly rated. This is credit insurance. So the Moody's rating of an insurer is important. They probably needed to be at least an A plus or higher. There's not many insurers out there that um, that have that rating. And when you work with a large insurer like that, they're large, risk averse, or or I would I should say more like conservative and but and prudently conservative. Right? You have to be uh, uh, prudent when you're when you're a large insurer. Um, and and so that's a little bit different than the fast moving startup mentality. And then the other issue is that our product kind of cuts across different verticals. If you talk to an av- your, your, your most people that do energy insurance at insurers, they do property insurance um, or c- property and casualty. This is different than that. Um, I remember we went to one insurer and they said we we they've been in doing property insurance and energy for thirty years and they said well. I don't know if, if you guys are on the right track. And we said, well, well, how would you do it differently? You have 30 years of experience. 
tell us how to how to cover this risk. And they said, well, if it doesn't catch on fire, then I don't know about it, which means that we have they, they're like, you have to talk to the financial lines people. But then if we went to the financial group or the trade credit and political risk group, they would tell us, well, we don't know solar. So you have to go talk to the solar person. So we would be bounced back and forth between divisions and they don't the different silos in insurance and they didn't always talk to each other. So we when we found SCORE, they had set up a much uh, uh, really better system than a lot of the other insurers we had talked to about having an innovation team that was that had a really good plan for how to uh, get different underwriters involved in evaluating and then eventually uh, partnering with InsurTechs. And so it was unique among all the insurers we talked to, their system, and it allowed us to bridge that gap between large insurer, small insurer tech, and different silos that we had to cut across. Very cool. Yeah, and that, that is a kind of common challenge you hear uh, startups talk about because obviously startups have a runway and they need to move fast uh, in order to survive. And But the, the timelines of uh, an a large company any large company regardless of industry are uh, are that bit longer they might be a bit more relaxed or conservative about making big decisions yeah um, so there's a interesting friction that happens there um and I, so i get the insurance part now uh, but i don't understand uh, the, the the tech part so what makes this insure tech and why were you guys attractive to 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 a, to a, vent, to a venture capital uh capital Sure. Vinny, maybe you want to talk about um, the kind of the tech aspects? Yeah, yeah, I can talk on the tech and let you take the, the venture capital part. Um, you know, so so what we do, as, as Jim said, right, actuaries love new products if they have 20 years of loss history, right? And that that's that's counter to what we were doing here, given the industry as a whole, you know, is, is maybe 20 years old. Um, and so... Uh, we, we really had to, you know, dig, especially in the early days, try to understand, you know, what, what's the real risk here? And I think the fundamental kind of thesis, as, as Jim talked about earlier, is we believe that electricity default does not equal credit default. We, we believe those are two separate events. And, and then the question is, OK, how do you prove that hypothesis? Um, and so as a, as a young team um, in the early days, a lot a lot of that time was, you know, where where can we find the data that supports that? And. Uh, we went through, you know, numerous public filings that, you know, page 300 of a 700 page document and you find line items and you slowly build up your own internal database where, you know, you you bring together a multiple different sources and in, in, in areas and in, in data that you can collect. Um, and it becomes helpful and, and shows the larger picture of, of what you were trying to prove. And I think we, we did a really good job of that early on um, and, and really allowed us to us and our partners capacity score who Jim has mentioned has been, you know, fantastic in, in supporting us to um, really piece together and, and show that our hypothesis, you know, has, has um, validity and, and we're excited about that. And, and the models are, are, you know, data team, data scientists, Ezra um, and, and Jeff McCauley who have been really leading that front is just, it's, it's top notch as far as, you know, the methodology and, and every little single thing is, is really thought through whether, you know, um, is it this, you know, curve or that curve or, or how to, how many runs does this need? Or, you know, what, why are we even thinking about it this way? And, and, and questioning that every day, which I think is a, is a critical part to, you know, ensuring longevity and, and something that we've done very diligently. Yeah. I'll also say that, um, 
I mean, I'm really impressed with, uh, I'm not a technical person by background, uh, but I've been really impressed with the technical team. Our, our lead di- data scientist is also our, our in-house actuary. And the software model that they built, uh, they, they, we started in Excel, went to Python, now we're in R. Um, and, you know, we've been told by SCORE and, and others who have viewed it that it's, that it's uh, you know, the technical um, uh, capabilities uh, that we've developed is very strong. And I would also say, like, from a commercial perspective, there's probably no way that we could have done, you know, really built this company and got funding if we weren't tech first uh, or tech forward in our thinking. Um, it, it would have taken prob- at scale dozens to hundreds of underwriters to manually underwrite all of the things that we have to look at for these projects. We have to build in um, uh, efficiencies, you know, tech-based efficiencies in the underwriting and also be much faster about pricing um, through through technology. Yeah. And, and Sorry. I was just going to say, with, with that, maybe just walk me through the, the sales process and the underwriting process, like f- from a customer's point of view or an insurer's point of view. Uh, wh- what are they? What's their experience like with you? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to take this one, Jim. So you know, we we have our online submission platform, so our customers will go in, you know, input uh, the the basic details that we need on the projects, you know, which is believe it or not, only you know. I think eight to 12 questions. So um, relatively few information that needs to be provided to just get a, a sense of what the project is and, and potentially even a quote with that. Um, and then we, we turn that around, you know, in, in one to two days. And, and once, you know, our customer goes in and clicks submit on submit on that, you know, submission platform that then in the back end pings all of our underwriting system and says, Hey, a new submission has been submitted. This is what it is. It pulls in all the data that we need to really understand, like, the electricity regime in that area, the demographics of that area, um, the economic health of that area, the you know the the solar details of that project and how applicable that is, programs they're in. So it it really is just a lot of efficiencies that manually would have taken a, a you know a lot of time. And I think what just to add on to that, like it's not you know we go out and, and build things first. It's really I think what what Jim, Jeff, and and Ezra have been great about is just like we do it manually five to 10 times. And then we're like, okay, you know, this is consistent. This happens every time. Okay. Let's build something to make this easier. And having that approach rather than build first and realizing something's not useful, uh, saves a lot of time in the, in the short term and also in the long term. That's great. Cool. And then from a claims point of view, uh, so I assume you guys aren't uh, budgeting for too many claims, uh, in the near term, because these are 10 year policies, I believe. So, um, and, so, but I, I heard um, at our pre-interview call, uh, you mentioned that you had a, a bit of a near miss in the last couple of months. Can you maybe walk me through what that looked like for you? Yeah, I guess uh, I, I can take that one, Vinny. Um, I, the, uh, so this is a, uh, we have not had any claims yet. Our policy is a 10-year policy. Um, I should have noted that up front, which is pretty unique, right? Uh, not annual renewal. Um, so it's a 10-year policy. And uh, you know, we're a little over a year into writing policies. So we uh, hopefully don't want to have many claims in the, in the beginning. Uh, but, you know, obviously we expect claims going forward. But we did, because of COVID, have an issue um, where uh, one, of, one of the uh, off-takers um, had, um, had been concerned 
Oh, I'm sorry. So one of the off takers, actually, the developer was concerned. One of the off takers stopped paying and they, the developer wasn't sure whether it was because their business had to be closed during COVID or whether there was another issue. And, and the, the off taker was alleging that he was upset with something that was going on um, with the, uh, with the project. And, and so we had to activate our claims process and, and go, th- go through the beginning stages of our first potential claim. It ended up being resolved and it, and it was actually a dispute that was resolved. It was the, the business owner was uh, still financially solvent and, and able to resume those payments, but it did give us quite a, you know, quite a, a lesson on how the claims process will work. And it was probably overall healthy that we got that because, uh, you know, we, we got to have some early experience on, on, a, on a situation and, and develop a, a smoother claims process um, that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Well, look, guys, thanks a million uh, for joining me today. Where can people go to find out more about you and how can people get in contact? Yeah, I would say we're most active on LinkedIn. Um, you can follow our company page. We send out pretty regular updates there through link, you know, through the LinkedIn platform. Um, Vinny and I are both there personally as well. And then we have uh, energeticinsurance.com as our website. Um, and those those are the two best ways. And you know, you can always feel free to reach out, drop us a note on LinkedIn if you if you are uh, 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 do, looking at doing an insure tech or you're an MGA. Um, we have a lot of uh, calls with with uh, new MGAs and try to give them some some pointers on the compliance issues or which consultant is good to hire for this or which law firm. Um, you know, we we went through a lot of hard hard uh, uh, trial and error on those things, and we're happy to share our knowledge and support the insure tech industry and other MGAs. Um, so feel free to reach out uh, to either of us. Yeah, well, that's a very generous offer. I really hope people uh, take you up on that because, uh, yeah, you have a very exciting business and I'm really excited to see what you guys do in the future. So uh, thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn and please visit our website, insuretechireland.org. See you next week.